0: Yep, he's there. Hey
1: guys, how's it (laughs) going? How y'all doing this week?
0: Uh, Hey, Uh, David Hall. Hello, hello. Greg Hectus. What's up, guys? And after a long time, Tony Rochette. Hey. Hey. Hey, everybody. There you go. Well, on this show of the week, uh, on the show this week, we welcome back Evan Pasoko, the voice of eNASCAR, to review his first ever visit to the Circuit of the Americas. The Pro Invitational was also at COTA, and we'll review their races, much and much, much more coming right up.
2: Also, remember that you can follow along with us on your mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all the great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. We hope to see you there. After a
0: complete new build, GridFinder 2.0 is here and better than ever. Along with a brand new look, GridFinder has many league searching has made league searching even easier and much more enjoyable by adding more search options for the driver and giving league owners a better way to promote their league features and making it easier to connect with drivers with the brand new Join Now button. Make sure to check out www.grid-finder.com and find your place on the grid. Visit us to find a league or upload your own. Gridfinder is the home of online sim racing leagues.
2: GridFinder.com
3: Time winner, Ashton Crowder, final time at a turn four to his first win in the Edaskar peak And the Monster Mile in 2020 is tamed by Nijon Gerlo. Gonna look to the bottom, it is not gonna be enough. And Ryan Luza is gonna go back to back. He steals the win at Thunder Valley.
0: Welcome, the voice of iRacing, Evan Pasoko. And Coke Race 7
3: Pasoka, welcome. Hey guys, thanks uh, for having me back again. Well, absolutely.
0: Uh, we had a quick race this week because, uh, yeah, no cautions obviously with the road tra- uh, road trip course. Um, but you guys uh, had a late start too uh, to the race. Uh, I had heard that um, they had set up the server to be road license road pro license only. So I think there were only two drivers eligible for that session. So they had to reset up the session, and uh, it looked like you guys were practicing your skills uh, fill in air. Well,
3: it's funny because we had it—we had a little bit of you know things that we were saving to talk during the race, right? Because it's going to be a green flag race all the way. And, of course, we had to burn it all uh, stalling to get to the grid. But, yeah, they had to redo the session because, of course, they moved it from official sessions um, to league sessions uh, this year. Um, so, fortunately, if an issue like this happened in the past, it would have taken – 45 minutes to get a new session, unfortunately, because it's in league. Um, A second session went up, and then, fun fact, the second session had an issue. So it actually took uh, to three different sessions. So that's why we were a little bit late, but it was a shorter night on track, so it didn't hurt.
0: Yep, but it was all about the grid. Uh, uh, Mitchell, uh, three-tenths over Bobby um, for the poll, and uh, that was pretty much... I would call the winning move uh, uh, Salas, uh, right there Vincent Salas, uh, Bolin Ottinger, Leahy, Mullis Vincent as far as the grid um, and then turn one man uh, what a big one I guess you would call it but Bobby Zelensky gets turned Ottinger locks him up just a bit getting in and uh, spins Bobby, uh, he ended up 13th they put Mullis uh, up to second, Bolin, Leahy, Wilson, Vincent, Hurst, Reynolds mains conti after that first turn melee yeah
3: who would have thought that the pro invitational race at coda would have had a cleaner opening lap than the coke race right and uh, we, we kind of all knew that turn one was going to be a big question mark um and, and you mentioned it nick just a little bit of a lockup. Uh, if i'm bobby in that situation and i know that there's a pretty good chance that someone's going to overdrive one i may have it's probably gone a little bit wider in one just to give me some extra space but he i mean he took the line that he was entitled to but it just didn't give on any leeway and if it is it's not like if it wasn't for ottinger we would have been fine because there were cars getting together on their own behind anyways but of course that's the the big moment of the race right you talk about mitchell out queuing him by uh, several tenths of a second in the qualifying session we weren't really expecting it to be by that much and that didn't necessarily guarantee that, that Bobby wasn't going to have the race pace. So, uh, you know, I, I can't say that, um, you know, Bobby didn't have a chance either way. Um, but uh, in the end, I think Mitchell would have won this race with or without that contact in turn one. Um, Bobby was able to bounce back as we'll talk about, but it, it really ended up hurting Nick Ottinger who, who only got back to like a P 27 um, after that spin. So it did hurt a couple of guys that started the top five
0: yeah and they all kind of spread out and got going after that but uh, later on trouble uh, ray alfala gets clobbered by ashton crowder uh crowder is done for the night uh, a actually got help from logan clampett in that one
3: yeah and ashton i think um if i was reading it right was the only driver that had a rookie road license and he finished 40th um so i think ashton kind of new going into that one um that things probably weren't going to be great for him and i i didn't pick up on a lot of things from our perspective but there was a lot of drivers mad at logan clampett after the race so uh, i found that interesting
0: Yep, yeah, and um you as you watch him race it was pretty much kind of run how you came out of turn one after that um, not a lot of movers, but there was Blake Reynolds. Uh, he was fun to watch. Uh, he came 21st up to 7th. Uh, he was the biggest mover of the race so far at the lap nine. Uh...
3: Yeah, and there were some drivers who would slowly chip away. Um, you know, like like Blake, you mentioned, he got a bunch of spots right off of the get-go um, by surviving that incident. And Garrett Lowe picked up a handful of spots. And at that point, basically thought that Bobby's night was done-done, and he actually, with you know, despite the damage, um, did a pretty good job at trying to drive his way through the field. That was pretty fun for us to see. Um, obviously, at that point, knowing that by the time he, he righted the ship, Bobby's about 13 seconds off of the race lead. We knew that he wasn't going to catch Mitchell. Uh, he was going to have an issue hanging with Mitchell if he was alongside him, let alone 13 seconds behind him. Um, but it was fun to see what Bobby could get out of that after uh, it looked like his night could have been done entirely.
0: Yeah, he didn't have too much damage, so was able to continue forward. Nick Ottinger, on the other hand, he went to the back. He was running thirty-seventh at this point, uh beaten and battered. Lap eleven, uh, Mitchell uh, leads uh Mullis by four point five seconds. Um and it that discontinued to to grow, and then twenty to go, uh stop started. Uh nineteen to go, a bunch of the top ten pitted, including Bobby.
3: And we had thought that maybe there would be two-stop strategy you know that's that's what's made some of the watkins Glen races um over the years in this series so good and and the sonoma races um so good was with, with some of the varying strategy between the the one stoppers the two stoppers and what have you but even though some people came in you know, still five laps shy, six laps shy of the halfway point. Everybody was roughly on the same strategy, um, so those guys who went for the short pit obviously had the advantage because as things would cycle through, they got track position, uh, but it played it like it would have been on an oval, right? The guys who pitted later had the fresh rubber more in that end run and and were able to reel them in. That was where most of the strategy came from because other than that, everybody agreed on, on the strategy. It was just how early or how late did you want to pit, and um, I don't know how much of a factor that little bit of a difference and when you came down pit road was i think most of the time made up or lost tonight was just based on speed you know when you have these races um with no cautions does pit strategy matter if everybody's on the same cycle a little bit matters more if, if we had varying ones but um for the most part um we didn't see too much happen through pit stops
0: except for uh, keegan leahy on cold tires after pitting Drives it nose first into the barrier, loses maybe 10 seconds, and he does he does what a, what I call a Mike Ellis. He he, he drives it in there with, and, and totally kind of what I call a brain fart, and just kind of totally misses the corner, and uh, and and dismisses it. And it's so easy to do at this track. It's super hard.
3: Yeah, he he admitted that he just uh, forgot about turn one, right? Um, You're coming off of pit road. You're trying to get up through the gears. You're probably uh, taking a look next to you, seeing who's coming up alongside, and you're on the very, very inside of the racetrack, right? You got to stay all the way to the left for a good run up that hill before you're allowed to blend. So it's not like you can come out of pit lane, then go over to the right-hand side and take the corner like you normally would. So it's a very different corner when you're up on the inside versus that very wide arc, and then and then you cut in with a very late apex. So he just missed it. Um, I, I can't say that it was that challenging of a pit exit because he was really the only one to blow it by that much. Um, and just goes to show you that uh, it's easy to have that, that little you know, lapse in concentration for a split second. And and even some of the best like Keegan can make a mistake. And fortunately he was able to back it up and, and keep on going and, um, you know, ended up finishing a handful of positions back from where he started on the grid. Um, I think a couple of those may have been due to that incident. Cause I think it cost him two, three spots on the cycle, but um, overall, I think Keegan lost more spots on track than he did on that mistake, but uh, it happens, man. Uh, you know, we, we, it happens to the best. So next time I do it in a hosted session, I won't feel as bad
0: okay and then uh leader mitchell DeYoung is the, the last one the pit and he actually retains the lead there's about 15 to go at this point uh you did point out evan uh, a good look at the pit lane and that new temporary pit lane uh pit wall that they added just for the nascar race um i'm interested to, to know if you know is this one of those things that started at iRacing racing and now they're they're using it for real this weekend or vice versa
3: I would assume that um, they looked at it on iRacing, um, but I don't think that it actually got added until the the most recent patch, which was just several days ago. And I think timeline wise, they would have actually have built it out in real life before it ended up on the sim. But I mean, iRacing's got a top secret copy of the short track at Auto Club somewhere, right? So I wouldn't be shocked at all if if they consulted iRacing on it, just logistically speaking, to see um, more so maybe measurements where you would want to put it on the pit lane because, um, you know, I, I saw a lot of, kind of intrigued or confused comments on social media when some pictures were started to be posted at the racetrack from this week. And there were those Jersey barriers linked together on pit road. And then everyone's like, oh yeah, there's, there's no pit wall there. Right. Um, so I noticed that in the chat on, on Twitch and figured it was a noteworthy thing to mention. Um, I would imagine it was less involved you know compared to the stuff like last year when when i mapped out chicanes at daytona for nascar but uh certainly wouldn't be shocked if uh they had a hand in it just trying to see how it would work with spacing
0: yep exactly see how many they need and that kind of thing yep uh just the quantity you know uh, that, that kind of stuff but uh anyway uh between uh you know as we get down here uh the next one was 11 to go. The action on track was Garrett Lowe got uh, kind of bullied by Mike Conti and that was a really fun battle uh, um, uh to watch. But everyone else was just kind of riding and Mitchell Mitchell was just extending that lead.
3: He he was checking out and uh you know ends up winning this by a ridiculous margin. But there was a couple of the good battles. You know you mentioned the battle uh you know, with, with Lowe and Conte, and then you, we saw the likes of Salas, Duvall in the mix as well, uh, the Kerwins, the Reynolds, the Mainses, uh, Taylor Hurst we didn't talk a ton about, but he was able to uh, sneak up for a top-ten finish kind of in, all, in the middle of battles. Um, but, you know, you, ha- you had your top, I would say, with the exception of Bobby making some, you know, the late race pass on Wilson and, and Wilson hanging out. For the most part, not much happened inside of the top five. Now, you know, granted, Jimmy Mullis started seventh. Um, he had the drive up the P2, but a lot of that happened in the first half of the race, and Mullis was set up for that on the on the run to the end. So at that point, most of the positions top five were decided, um, and it was you know, a group of two here, a group of three there, uh, kind of around the top ten a little bit further back That that gave us the most entertaining stuff in the second half
0: yeah with you know as we boiled down to it with uh, 10 to go it was 11 second lead Mullis then Boland and like you said Zielinski got clear up to fourth and then Steven Wilson uh, a great run as a rookie in fifth uh, Alfala eventually brings it behind the wall uh, he'll end up 38th uh, we had a nice interview with him about that but uh, yeah I mean a, a good battle there between Vicente and, and Dylan uh, Bob Bryant bob was kind of getting a little aggressive there i mean you're taking him three wide uh and i'm like wow three wide on uh, you know on uh, at the end of a road course
3: yeah there was uh a lot of that and i think that you know What we hear is that this racetrack is so wide, uh, probably wouldn't get away with that at a Sonoma or a Watkins Glen. Um, But Coda's wide, and they definitely used it. We saw, I don't remember who it was up front. It might have been Garrett Mains, who was really working the track limits, right, going way over the curbs and using basically every little bit of paved part that he could. Um, That's stuff that's unique to Coda that we saw coming to play, is, is guys really using all that extra space they had.
0: Well, we've run, I've run a couple races there, Greg. We ran last night. It's like that backstretch is a game of chicken almost. It, it, when you get side by side going down that long backstretch, it's like who's going to break first, uh, you know, or break last, I should say. Well, it's there's like
4: there's so many different breaking zones I found with each person. Like everybody has a different marker, and when you get down, if you miss it even by like ten or 15 meters that's it for the corner like you either blow into the if the guy's on the outside and the guy on the inside misses either running the guy on the outside off the track or or just missing completely but that is one of the toughest straights because you get so much speed
0: yep and so with that uh yep uh Mitchell DeYoung wins it he makes it eight different winners in eight different races I mean you couldn't even script this Flag to flag, and it's his first win ever.
3: Yeah, and you know he's now the best qualifier um, all year, right? On pole at Daytona, Atlanta, and now uh, Coda. Of course, Keegan has a pair in there as well. So, five of the eight races have had a twenty three eleven car on pole. That's about the only time where there's any trend, because other than that, it's it's different race winners. Um, I believe with the getting the win, 23-11 is now the first team with two wins. I'd have to double check that. But yeah, I mean, eight different winners in eight rounds. Um, besting, I should say, the record set in 2010 when we went seven uh, before Richard Taylor won his second race uh, in the eighth race of the year. And I don't think they're going to stop. Um, I'm uh, officially convinced at this point that we're going to have more than 10 different race winners. Um, There are six races to go in the regular season. There were two spots available on points. I am pretty sure um, that we're going to have a driver with a race win that is not going to make the playoffs for the first time in series history. I bet that's not what anybody was expecting. And we said, when in, you're in and you know, if this was, you know, years past, we'd already be full. Right. So, so thankfully for those guys on points, if they want any hope, um, the fact that they have those 10 transfer spots this year instead of eight that what we've had in the past. But, you know, there's Bobby Zelensky, I think, um, you know, I, unless Mitchell sweeps the road courses, which he you could. Um, but I think Bobby might be a little bit more comfortable at some of the tracks that we've been to before. I think you got to think Bobby Zelensky's got a good look for a race win. Nick Ottinger doesn't have a race win. Casey Kerwin doesn't have a race win. Um, it would be crazy if, if those drivers don't make the playoffs just based on the fact that there would be no points paying spots in.
0: Yep, and so we talked about the top five, and then uh, sixth through tenth was Corey Vincent, Casey Kerwin, Blake Reynolds, Garrett Maines, great run for him, and Taylor Hurst rounding out the top ten.
3: There's a lot of good finishes uh, for drivers picking stuff up, and uh, I I just think uh, overall I I enjoyed the race. Um, You know, Coda's not going to be, I think we expected it, and I think you'll see this this coming weekend. Coda's not a track that's going to be, Um, you know, a a thrilling door banging. I mean, it could in the right circumstances, but the track's so big that it's going to come down to speed. Um, And obviously talking about trends was the fact that, you know, Bobby Zelensky had won six road course races in a year going into Tuesday night. He had led every single lap in the last four road course races in series history uh, to, to, to see somebody like Mitchell um, walk through there and lead every single lap. Um, I think is is history in and of itself. Not to mention the context of him being the eighth different winner. So uh, it's uh, continues to be a crazy uh, 2021 season. And and like I mentioned uh, previously, I, I I'm convinced we're not done. I think we're going to have some more race winners, and it's going to make for an awfully interesting end uh, to the regular season.
0: Yeah, and for Mitchell, it's it's one checkbox and a list of checkboxes he needs to do to get to the playoffs because he's 17th in points. He's still got to uh, perform. Uh, you yeah, know, he as needs we to stay top 20.
3: If he can't stay top 20, that win's not going to matter. Right. So he's going to have to perform um, at the Charlottes, at the Poconos, at the New Hampshire's, at the Michigan's. Now, he's pretty, I would say, pretty much guaranteed a lot of points at road america at watkins Glen, even if for whatever reason he, he can't find the speed he did this week and dominate in Zelensky or conti or some of those other guys get up in the mix those are races that he knows within a reasonable doubt he's going to get good points at but mitchell does need to translate some of that qualifying speed i was touting him about into some race speed because he needs to stay top 20 otherwise uh you know that win doesn't matter
0: yep okay looking forward what do we expect on the next race
3: it's the longest race, uh, oval-wise, uh, distance uh, of the year, and we don't have to wait any more weeks. So we're back at it next Tuesday um, from Charlotte Motor Speedway, 200 laps. So it's our uh, 300, our, our answer to the Coke 600. Um, and Charlotte's kind of a return to what we expect. It's going to be a lot like a Vegas that you saw earlier this year. Um, I'm torn because it's a track that everybody has so many laps at, which makes me want to think that with all the big names that haven't won yet, that it's got to be a prime position for a ninth different winner. At the same time, I could easily see a Keegan or ryan even uh, you know a, a vicente or somebody else get up there and get a win um but i, I just feel it in my gut i don't know if it's going to continue for nine out of nine but i still think we're going to get several different race winners charlotte should be interesting though it's it's a normal race and that's not to say it's not exciting strategy is going to be different because it's longer than any others and uh hopefully everybody uh, tunes in and checks it out
0: yeah i'll go out on a limb i'll pick a dead zone driver
3: okay <laughs> bold prediction right talking about speed Right. That's like half the field or something. Right? <laughs>
0: no, hey, Evan, we certainly appreciate you coming on, talking this race with us. And, uh, hey, we'll look at Coke uh, next week, and it should be fun.
3: Absolutely. We got uh, Road to Pro uh, tonight as well from Charlotte. So, uh, you know, a lot of the teams are going to be eyeing that. Trucks aren't really that comparable to the Cup cars. They are a lot more than they used to be. Um, but uh, it's Charlotte week, so it'll be uh, a ton of fun, guys, and I'll catch up with you uh, next week. Okay.
0: Very good. We're happy to have you. We'll see you then. Take care, guys.
2: Time for some news. We're going to jump in talking about the next gen car first. We have uh, several forum posts talking about this one, and the first one that came up was discussing whether or not the car information that iRacing has actually came from guesses or, or actual data. Uh, yeah, Sasha Miele's of velgic I, I slaughtered that name, Um he uh, was asking that and then staffer Eric came in and said that they basically have been a part of the development process and we've already discussed this but, but they came in and definitely defended, defended the car in the fact that they have been a part of the prototyping
0: yeah pretty cool to get some details right? They're never going to know what this car
4: is like until you put 40 of them on a track together so you know we got it to this point right now and We'll see what it is when it's, they finally get some real data when they're racing it.
2: Yes, but they can put 40 of them on the track in the sim, right? Uh, the air doesn't work the same way in sim, but they're not just guessing. It's not a complete fantasy car like the ir one or something like that.
4: No, I get that. I just, just, like I'm saying, is we're never going to know. We're never going to have anything to compare it to until they're all out on the track, right? Mm-hmm
2: uh matt holton also chimed in and said that the spoiler is going to be about the same size uh one notable thing is the newer car does is not capable of the same speed it's going to be only 550 horsepower i I mean i guess the current car is the same but this one seems to be more restricted in some ways they uh
4: they have yet to confirm the engine because it sounds like but the way the racing package has gone this last couple weekends i mean they've probably figured it out what they're going to use but they've talked about this in other podcasts that they haven't yet to really fully announce that and they might not announce it until like january next year
2: so that kind of uh, brings us to the the next item in this little section where you is that where you were going mike yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there's a poll that uh was put out. It basically is NASCAR going the right direction? And and I did I should have read closer before I gave my answer to the poll, but it basically is asking should they add more horsepower? And seventy three percent of iRacers think yes.
0: Yeah, seventy three percent.
2: I don't get I don't get why NASCAR keeps going through this this low horsepower, it tight. It sucks.
4: Well, it's also the premier series so shouldn't it have more shouldn't it be faster than the the lower series like by a, you know a decent amount
2: faster and harder to drive so
0: i had an interaction on twitter uh well not really but this guy tim clark who's the vice president of something at nascar he he's like trying to be in this conversation after the race about how everyone loves the high horsepower packages, you know, and why would we want 550 uh, on Twitter? Because, you know, the Twitter mob and everything. And so he posts up a uh, job posting for a social NASCAR social media director, and he puts a tweet out that says, okay, uh, why don't you guys come help us, you know, figure out how many people actually like this high horsepower package? And I uh, replied to him, and I said, well i'll save you the money uh tim why don't you just go ask carl
5: so i I know they i know they say that you can't really tell a difference between the 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 low horsepower and the high horsepower um all the michigan races i've i've seen i've seen the cars go 216 in the turn one um you can definitely tell a difference between 216 and 185 um higher horsepower makes it a lot better uh, racing
2: where you can tell the difference is whether or not they have to lift right that's really what it comes down to is Is it right. harder to get through the corner or are they all just flat footing it and you know you don't is I've had some success with the package, but I, d- I don't think it makes for good racing agreed yep
4: I just missed where you used to actually have to drive it to get off the corner or drive it in. I know a lot of people say that they want the center of the corner shows the true driver. I always thought that if, you know, you could get off the corner at a place like say Martinsville, when you got to put down 900 horsepower and try and do that for 200 laps, you know, that's pretty, pretty tough stuff to do.
2: Well, I don't know how much of it is package related or, or just experience related, but uh, a couple of years ago, before this package came out, my best place was the mile and a half so on the higher horsepower, and then it wasn't so great at some of the short tracks like Phoenix and, and Martinsville. Now, with this package flipped, I'm struggling to keep up at uh, Kansas. But then I'm almost front running at Martinsville. So it's got a, it's got a whole different crew of people in there. You know, is it harder? Is it easier? Is it just more suited to their style? I don't know, but I just don't think it makes for better racing.
1: Well, I think the package that they had at Darlington, you know, was, uh, you know, it was the higher horsepower, um, the smaller spoilers and lower, lower, uh, grip that made for a lot better racing. Um, you know people were getting sideways coming off the corner people are self-spinning pretty much you know you never see that in mile and a half anymore everything's so so uh, stuck to the track you know, It just doesn't happen anymore
5: so yeah it's rare to see somebody spin out unless you're Rick, uh ricky stenhouse well
2: that kind of wraps that uh what if we were to come back to the old package or maybe just come back to iRacing yeah,
1: welcome back, guys. Uh, anybody who has not renewed their um, service, they are offering a uh, 25% off discount Members who are returning to the service after being uh, uh, terminated, not, uh, not terminated, but kind of elapsed if you've elapsed your subscription. So uh, there's two promo codes, a PR25OFFONE521. Uh, um, that's a for a one-year uh, return subscription at 25% off. And then there's a, a PR25OFFTWO521 uh, promotional code for a two-year uh, renewal at a 25% discount. So, uh, yeah, more, more discounts coming. Um, the timing of this, to me, suggests that uh, they might have had a drop-off after one year, after everybody signed up during the initial... Um, Pandemic issue, and uh, and they want to get people back on. Be my guess. Uh, I don't know that for sure, but the timing seems to indicate they want pe they want people to come back online whose uh, memberships expired, and uh, that would that would be people who uh, have used up to one year after the pandemic.
0: And I don't think this is for people that are uh, a current member about to renew. I don't think you can use this. This is like if you let it lapse and you need to turn it back on, right? I wonder if there's a day limit. So could I let it lapse like a day and then I could get the discount?
1: If it lapses within the time period, I guess, I haven't seen a a specific time period for this uh, promotion, but if it's a limited time promotion, you know, you would have to lapse within the, within this certain time, which makes me think that's why it's connected to the, uh, to the boost that they probably had a year, a little over a year ago, uh, when, uh, when everybody started, uh, when their exposure was the highest during the pandemic and the implementation started.
0: Yeah, sure. A marketing guy is going to say, Oh, a, a group of these people bought a one year and, a, and a subset of those people didn't renew. And that's the group we're going after. Yeah, let's
1: get these people back who, who didn't renew after their one year. Uh, that's just, uh, just my guess. The timing seems to suggest that the possibility, um, but it's a good, still a good promotion. Twenty five percent off. It's not bad.
4: I was just looking through the Facebook post here. Do you see? This is the same comments we get every time. There's a po- like a, a, a thing here where it takes care of trying to get new customers. Do you see the negative comments about trying to take care of the actual customers you already have? It's like a whole, the whole thing on Facebook is all about that.
2: Squeaky wheel. But the- yeah,
4: it's just, you know. You got to try and get some of these extra. You know, I know you want to take care of your own customers, but if we don't add to the sim. We're not getting any more extra re- revenue, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not like they never run any other missions. They had, they always have the Black Friday, and they had one meet, uh, not too long ago for uh, extending your your uh, your service. So, um, I think that that this is just timed in a different way than what you know what people normally see in their discounts for. You
0: know existing customers it reminds me of Verizon you know uh, the good deals on the phones are only for the new customers all right next up uh, this one is kind of odd to me but Ken Byron announced on the forums that Ryko Motorsports are joining with NASCAR Cup driver Quinn hoof who will be using the setups to test and practice each week for his NASCAR races along with running their setups in official races Insert
4: pit road joke here. This is so it's basically setups up to figure how you come from the top line all the way down to get down to pit road in front of the pack. So
0: I, you know, I don't watch the races live because I work and I don't know a lot about this guy, but just from what you gather, he's not really liked a lot as a good driver in the NASCAR cup series. Right. Or do I have the wrong impression? Is this
4: post locked on the the page? Because there's no comments on it. I can't
0: believe there's no comments under this page. You know what would be good, a comment, is that gif of the lady with the, saying W-A-T. I mean, good
4: on whatever, getting some exposure. I just, you know, there's something about Quinn Huff that seems to rub people the wrong way, I guess, about his driving.
2: Well, it some of it comes with how he got there. He didn't really come up through the ranks. He bought the ride. And uh they don't think he's qualified, you know, and uh might not be wrong. Exactly. And and so, I don't know. I mean,
0: it's great that he's got a cup driver that's, you know, working with him and you know, giving him some notoriety, but uh, out of all of them, why, you know, why that one? But yeah. I think,
1: uh, uh, probably the the price they pay for Quinn Hoff is considerably less than what they would pay for somebody else who you'd recognize I think
2: on another note it's a, a definite sign that there's no border or boundary between the the eSport NASCAR and real NASCAR now oh yeah
0: and and I'm sure marketing budgets are in the, going forward are going to be a mix you know of both you know if you're a, a a company that's marketing in, in motorsports or NASCAR, uh, you're going to be involved in sim racing probably.
1: So, so guys, when this says Quinn will be using our setups to test and practice each week for his NASCAR races. So are they actually using like the iRacing setups and putting on, on his real car to see how it works?
2: Because I, th- I think it's, uh, I think they're just saying that it's going to allow him to practice for the track on the sim yeah i don't think he's going to use it in his
0: real car
1: yeah, that's what i would think because i don't think they always transfer all over that weight that great not to mention there's not a lot of practice going on nowadays anyway and uh and uh yeah i don't think too many dr- uh, nascar drivers are gonna let the these uh sim drivers make their setups
2: the next one we have here is a quick hit. Eric also posted about Coda and its new track surface updates. All they say in the patch notes whenever they come out is track surfaces have been updated. Somebody asks, "Does this mean more grip?" And in some fancy words, he says, "Yes." <laughs> yep. Let's say I, I it it off track.
1: I imagine you can use all the grip you can get at Coda with these cars.
2: You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm still 6 or 7 seconds off the pros, but it's it's easier than Sonoma to me.
0: Hell yeah. I you know, you mentioned off-tracks. So I mean, let's talk about that briefly, but I, they are aggressive, I thought. I mean, there's a few corners I think it could be relaxed a little bit.
2: We're not covering the uh the r- invitational, are we? Yeah,
0: there's a thing in here about it.
2: Oh, okay. I'll, I'll say what I have to say about that later. Then that brings us to not top ten, Brian.
0: Yeah, guys. So
1: uh, I recently posted on their face or YouTube channel the not top ten highlights for May. Um, so uh, there's just a couple of really good ones. Uh, the number one one we covered last week is that's when the two Skip Barber cars crashed, right? coming to the finish line and they both like, uh, could not move. And they were literally inches from finishing the race. That was the number one. But, uh, my favorite was actually number two, which was a similar issue where it was like about 10, 10- Ten cars. I think they were indie cars or, or open wheel cars, and none of them were able to finish. You know, they're all they're all trying to cross the checker flag, and they're just barely moving, trying to get across there, inching their way. Uh, it was really funny. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that one. Another good one that I really liked was um, there was a uh, a midget car that was at Learnerville, and uh, Learnerville's track, uh, the dirt track at Learnerville. If you don't know um, the the pit stalls are outside of the track. It's the only track I know of where the pit stalls are outside of the oval, not on the infield. And a car got uh, got out of sorts going into turn three. He zipped right into the pit stalls and, and, and ran around that whole pit area and, and rejoined the track at the exit of uh, turn four. It was really cool too.
0: The, the one of the Indy cars at Talladega, just all pile up coming to the checker and and the damage model is on and and they all uh, you know only have one or two wheels and and it's like now it's a race to the checker you know you got five or six different cars all damaged and this guy's trying to limp across the line it's awesome yeah that's so the one, one where the
2: guy tried at. to finish going backwards
0: yes it was crazy because
1: uh, he, he got turned and, and right before the finish line, he, and he's trying to, trying to go past that, uh, get to the checker flag backwards. And a car, another car comes up around the corner the P2 car. And it's like a photo finish. One car coming forward, one going backwards and the guy going backwards just lost like a hundredth of a second.
4: Poor Barney's arm has got to be worn out. Caution, caution. He just keeps throwing that checkered flag until they get across the line. And he's so quick with it. It's a violent, uh, a whip down
5: with the flag. I say he must be proficient with the weight jacker.
1: And uh, there was another incident in uh, a pit road uh, where uh, I think it was a Lamborghini went sideways into the pit road, and uh, they call it like the perfect Austin Powers. Corvette. It was a Corvette. I'm sorry. And they were. He was stuck. He could not move forward like an inch. backwards, an inch. He was perfectly stuck sideways and could not move at all.
4: But then they have a bunch of Mazdas that stuff it in the same
0: same spot later, too. Next video. So, Greg, would you hang one of these in your uh, SIM den? Mike, you want to take it for a sec? I clicked out here. Yep. This one is the... Alfredo's iRacing body panels have gone up for sale at the racing warehouse and um, from the car that he raced with the iRacing paint job on it and there's the back uh, bumper so to speak uh, with the taillights and it does say iRacing uh, in between the taillights he's got the 38 door panel it looks like and then a, a quarter panel that's pretty well crushed in uh and it has iRacing across the top now i went to the website as soon as this was posted and they were already sold i don't remember from martinsville was he beat it says fresh off of martinsville uh track so but a lot of people hang uh nascar stuff in their racing den uh what do you think tony i'd take the uh I take that back
5: bumper and put it right above my rig. Take that back bumper and put it behind your rig.
0: <laughs> so it's like a real bumper.
1: Yeah. But right. this, the racing warehouse website, they've got body panels from all kinds of different cars. If you're, if you're interested in that kind of thing. So that's a pretty cool website. Um, but yeah, the, I, I looked, I did the same thing, Mike. As soon as I saw the story, I went on and checked it out. And Alfredo's stuff was long
0: gone. Yeah keep your eyes peeled for that uh moving on uh on the nascar website in the galleries menu they have posted some of the best paint schemes for the next gen cup painted for iRacing. racing and so steve Lavender, who's the uh founder of trading paints and he's also the head writer over there at nascar um he put together an article basically uh you know picking out what he liked out of trading paints for the next gen car uh what do you guys think which one did you like the best I mean, the 14 Ford is just awesome, where they got the big old Ford across the quarter panel, but it's like giant size, so it kind of almost even goes down close to the numbers on the door uh, because it's so big. At least we have a uh, three-car on the right uh,
4: manufacturer this week on here. The Goodrich Service 3, yep.
0: I kind of like the old Dale Jarrett 88 one, too. That's a pretty nice one now i noticed that none of these have the the numbers you know forwards or backwards and there's been a lot of discussion about that too well you kind of
4: that door dash one's kind of what you could do with it Uh, do you notice that they kind of gotta slant some of the uh advertising just to get because the back end's not as long
0: that's well by slanting it they can bring it down into the door area a little bit more and and extended almost up to the deck lid. You know that if you look at the Ford car, they kind of do it the same way. I was going to say Tony probably would run this Sinoco
5: car because it's brightly colored. Colored. No, the the, <laughs> the paint that Bobby is uh, making for me, the the base look pretty awesome. I can't wait for that car to be done.
1: All right, guys. Uh, so we're moving on here, and, and the awards just keep rolling in for Josh Rogers. Well. Obviously, he had a stellar, fantastic season in the the Porsche Supercup series, and uh, he gets another award as he takes home the Overtake Award, and uh, and one of the the prize for that is a a brand new uh, racing helmet, and it's a fantastic looking
0: helmet. Oh, it sure is. You only get the front view of it, but uh, I just love the color scheme. It looks like almost a, a dark purple and maybe some pink or red on it. Very, very uh, classy looking. You mean Kwanda Motorsports type? Yeah, maybe it is a Koanda
4: paint scheme. You know what's So that over having the most overtakes, because obviously he was up front a lot, but he would get inverted that the next race. So that would be why he's passing a lot more.
1: Yeah, probably because, um, you know, if you, if, if you, uh, when, if you're in the if you win the uh, pole award you you're still starting in first place uh, in the sprint but then you get inverted to eighth place in the main feature and uh, he did that quite a few times and and uh, overtook a lot of cars just just because he was uh, got the invert
0: and that was a long two minute wait as David
2: Hall comes back on headset did you already finish up Brian's topic yes yeah. That's the neat thing about uh, the internet podcast is you can hop in and out, right? We got some release notes from patch six, hotfix one, a uh, bunch of UI stuff with launching connectivity and up next, and then we jump into a race series They fixed an issue for, the, um, for a series which would show that it'd be sorted by drivers but actually weren't, and then it fixed an issue where drivers were not working correctly, or a number of drivers wasn't working correctly. Some issues with car classes, some changes to the tooltips. I think a lot of that is UI interface. In I fact, think all is it. UI. Is it all? I don't know. No, because there's um there's some ads and signs that have been updated at Coda. Oh, there so you they go. They did do that. They did do that. And there's some damage model stuff on the on the. Uh, a bunch of, bunch of little stuff. So check her out.
4: Looks like uh, they updated another thing here for. Uh so we don't have to rely on third-party uh setups for the indy 500 here so greg west announced on the forums that they're dropping some competitive race and qualifying setups in the upcoming uh for the upcoming uh, indy 500 um so they've they've posted them in the uh i guess they're in the actual setups they're in the forum in your setups now but uh, they just get, he just talks about them. Just shows that the times they're actually pretty good times that they have on here. If I remember correctly from
0: our majors race. So, or you who's all running the open Indy Five Hundred? Uh, what tomorrow night? Tony, you're doing it. Yep. I'm going
4: to do it Saturday morning. I think I got to run Coda again tomorrow morning. If
0: I can get my wheels sorted, I'll run it with you. Um, I need to get uh, David to help me with that. But when I tried to run the Indy. F- 500 fix i had a problem with my wheel where um it was oscillating really bad and uh it was like undriveable and and i didn't have time to fix it because i you know showed up late as usual but pretty cool they're putting up uh competitive sets uh so you can get those on the forums
1: that's kind I'll of what they did those. with the sorry tony i'll
0: say i'll have to grab those
1: yeah it's kind of what they did with the, the cars for nis and stuff where they they put um supposedly top split uh quality setups in the uh in in your uh, open setup races so you can uh, not have to really dig around for setups you have something to work with if you if you need something to be competitive it's, be- in it's basically
4: races. just to incentivize to get more people to race too right because a lot of people don't most of the sites nowadays are paid pay for sets right so some people just don't do it and at least here you can go and grab it and kind of
0: be competitive, I guess, see how they stack up. Okay. Another Indy 500 was the Majors 500. Uh, We did see a barn burner of a finish um, with a margin of the .002 seconds. And, of course, that was broadcast by SimSpeed Esports, and uh, iRacing put up on the Twitter a video of that finish uh, side-by-side as they came to the checkered uh, pretty cool to see that after 500 miles. Uh, you, uh, A couple of you guys ran in the, the Majors 500. How'd you do? You want to go first, Dave, or you on me?
2: you uh, uh, want me? I finished all the way in the back because the fast repair get broke. And I, I literally stopped like seven or eight times and it wouldn't do the fast repair. I finally, after going about seven laps down, intentionally hit the pit wall to cause more damage. And then I was able to use the fast repair, but at that point, it was it was already ruined. I was running mid-pack, but it just put me all the way to the back. And I was
4: wrecked by a, a lapped car from third from P3. I was running P3, and we were about halfway. Uh, I was lapping. He was like seven laps down, and just uh, doored me in on the exit of a corner when he shouldn't even been on the outside of me. So that sucked but it was a good race so i'm I'm excited for the 500 on saturday
5: kind of a warm-up race right yeah I'll say i had three warm-up races last week and we'll talk about that later okay so brian how
0: about nascar's warm-up race
1: yeah guys so uh wednesday was the nascar pro invitational broadcasted on fox sports um so, uh, this race was at Coda, you know, uh, using the current cars instead of last week where they'd use the next gen cars. So they're back in the current cars and, uh, really, uh, this, this turned out to be a, probably a really good, uh, primer for, for what they're facing this weekend. To, you know, get their first chance to really get on this track, um, in the pre pre-race, uh, they said that they've had more actual drivers, NASCAR between NASCAR, uh, cup trucks and Xfinity that have signed up for iRacing racing this week than they've ever had because nobody's been on this track before. Um, so that's really cool that, uh, that, you know, they're using uh, i-racing now to uh, really learn these tracks they haven't been to before. Um, we got another road. America going to be coming up pretty soon. And, uh, I don't know how many, how many of these real world drivers have, uh, experience on these, on this track, probably none of them with the cup cars anyway. So, uh, so this race took off on Wednesday and, uh, one of the first things that we noticed was, uh, happened that was, uh, a lap with, uh, 16 laps to go. Clint Warrior man, he, uh, he's coming down the back stretch, uh, ready to pit. And, uh, he turns left late to get into the pit road and just sideswipes uh, James Davidson, who was actually winning the race. So uh, he almost took out the leader on a really bad pit entry. It was uh, pretty funny to watch. Okay.
0: you're, you're being kind when you yeah. say it's late. you missed
4: that. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even that if you guys look in the first part there, the pit road starts at the top of that image. You can see it. He's going for the corner.
0: Not the he's pit already road. passed it. Yeah. Yeah, that's Apparently, crazy. Clint uh, Boyer's a fool out there.
2: Yeah, he was funny. He's taking lessons and, uh, from Quinn. <laughs>
1: I, I I thought on the broadcast he said that Jeff Gordon was was kind of spotting for him. and said, "Turn left, turn left," because he didn't know where the pit entry was, and uh, turned right into uh, James Davis. And how I well, He's
4: already blamed Larry Mack last year, so he's going to go after Gordon this year. I think he has a couple of drinks before he uh, heads in that rig. I think Clint has always had a couple of drinks in him before anything.
2: Now I didn't get to watch the race. I was doing my spring concert that night uh but uh i caught a replay of it actually pretty late and just saw the last few laps and let me tell you they were not having an incident limit did you see how much of the track they were using
5: oh yeah i'll say i, I watched pretty much the um, uh, beginning and middle and they were taking it real wide in some of those quarters and and
2: and i can barely
5: touch the damn uh rumble strip and get a one x
2: no, there's only two places on the track where you can go past the rumble strips, really, onto the onto the painted pavement. <laughs> Not the ones I want.
0: Yeah, they were all over the place. Now, the thing about the race was I was happy to see that they had a better start to the race than the Coke drivers did. I was kind of expecting the same thing, but they actually got through turn one pretty good.
1: Yeah. Cause that, that's a really tough turn one on this track. You know, you're, you're coming from a fairly long straight, you're going up to Hill. So you probably can't even see the, the, uh, the apex of that turn. Until Especially you're right if on you top don't have VR. It.
2: Yeah.
1: Until you're right on top of it, you probably can't even see that apex. So, you know, everybody's uh, going from these high speeds to hit this. It's an almost a hairpin U-turn. It's so tight. And, uh, yeah, I kind of expect to see a lot of trouble there in real life over the next few days. Well, the thing with that corner is, is you
4: have to arc it. Way you got to start real high and come down, hit clip the the center, and and work your way out. But if somebody's trying to pass you, you're basically driving for the driver's door that's on the outside, trying to make that corner. And it just two into the into one just doesn't work very often that way. And that's why you see the accidents
5: i say I was having fun in turn one last night, except for there, when there was a car coming off of a fair road, that kind of skipped a little bit. There's, there's no
4: way that if it didn't have that incline going up the hill, you would get slowed down at all for that corner. You'd have to brake so far back to make that turn. The only thing that makes that turn is you got to, that the uphill is slowing you down.
0: So let's talk about James Davison. Um, Greg, this is the guy who beat you guys on the the 24-hour race. Remind me how much faster a lap was he than the rest of y'all? Was it 2
4: seconds? I think over a run it was about 2 seconds a lap.
2: Yeah, he put a lap on me in my second hour of my run. Yeah,
4: he he he's pretty fast. He he's he's a very very confident driver too if you watch him.
0: Yep, and he he won the race. He dominated. Um, nobody had nothing for him. But his history, and he talked about this in his winning interview. Um, he has a lot of history at this track. He run uh, some different road series at this track, um, and and he's won here before. So um, in real life, obviously, and uh, like you said, you know, when you raced against him in the twenty four, he's just quick on road and. And he proved it, man. He proved he belongs.
5: I'll say he's been quick all all for throughout the pro invitational. I think either I heard him say every
0: race he's been in top five or top ten. Right. And, you know, and, and obviously he's on iRacing a lot, and uh, that may, that's making the difference.
1: Guys, uh, one one quick comment about the broadcast, I know, uh David. You said you just caught the end of it, I watched the whole thing. I thought the coverage was a little better this this uh, this week compared to the last as far as uh, the things we were talking about early with uh, with the joking and the, and the stuff like that uh, it seemed to, to be not quite as bad. Um, Mike Joy had a lot of, uh, a lot of information at the beginning in the pre, pre-race show about how helpful this has been for some of the drivers. Um, so it w- wasn't quite as bad as, as it has been as far as the jocularity and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys have noticed that.
0: Maybe he heard our show.
1: That could be.
4: You did say that, Mike. You were wondering if
0: that was what happened when you were in our uh, messenger. Yeah, I didn't get to really watch the broadcast. I mean, I kind of watched it, but I didn't listen to it, um, really. So I didn't really get to hear it like Brian did. But that's uh, good to hear. I'm glad that um, he's taking a different tone with it.
5: Yeah, he definitely sounded a little more subdued so uh with,
0: with uh, joking around a little bit. It makes you wonder if, uh, you know, if the people at Fox or iRacing may have noticed it, too. If we've noticed it, other people have noticed it.
1: Yeah, I, I would say probably more likely iRacing has said something to Fox and Fox relayed the message would be my guess. Um, it's been a it's been an ongoing issue about the past two weeks, and I'm going to bring it up one more time, real quick. Um, uh, we had the the uh, emailer, a listener from last week, who was very critical of Mike Joy. Referenced the podcast that he was on, um, and uh, we talked about that a little bit. I actually went back and listened to that podcast, um, and uh, Mike Joy's uh, his comments on iRacing in that interview. Uh, I can understand how he could how it was taken. Cause, cause he was very dismissive. Um, he did point out some of the, uh, the benefits of iRacing, but ultimately dismissed it kind of as a game in my opinion. Um, and one of his biggest, uh, one of the biggest cons- cons- criticisms of iRacing that he had was, um, two things is that, uh, you know, there's the, the biggest was there's no serious detrimental effects from, crashes and stuff like that. He said, uh, he said, if you want to make it more real, if you get in a crash, throw a bunch of hundred dollars in the fire and smack your head against the wall with a bat or something like that, which is an interesting, uh, which is an interesting, uh, outlook on it. And, um, and it, it kind of made me think that, you know, would I racing, would the races be better as far as cautions go, if there was more of a, uh, of a downside to having accidents other than just losing some SLR, losing some I rating or something like that. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting point he made. Um, I don't, you know, I wouldn't say I completely agree because we, we all know how, how seriously we, we take it and how, how, we, how upset we get and stuff when we get involved with uh, nonsense like that. But, you know, would I be better if there was more, more, uh, more of a effect if you did those kind of things
4: here's an idea how about they stop giving david says this every time too. stop giving them quick repairs that'll make it look a little bit different their consequences when you wreck you're out
1: that's a good point for sure
2: and you take it into leagues as well and there's uh protest systems or just uh or like with old bastards if you cause an incident you have to start in the back the next week right some things to help bring more consequence to mistakes
4: i also think that if we get an actual up to date damage model on some of these cars that they're actually racing with you know it look you can take more seriously that way
0: yeah i don't know if a, a downside is realistic i don't think people would do it if there's a downside so um so right. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be differences. I mean, it is a simulator, but not to that degree.
1: Yeah, the the downsides reminded me of stuff you see in games that have like racing games with career modes, where where you get, um, you know, you get money for finishing a certain race or having to repair cars. And I don't, I just don't think that's the way I racing would want to go with Thurston. Um, but but uh, that's the only other other thing that I can think that parallels what he was
0: saying. Hey, we're in career mode. NIS is career mode. <laughs> I've been doing NIS for seven years.
2: We can move on to the next topic, which is the uh, iRacing iRock series. Our teammate, Kyle Pendergraft, is uh, one of the admins of this series. It's beginning on Thursday, May 27th. And you also, with this series, have a chance to win a track time entertainment rig with a triple mount stand. Yeah, uh, twenty-five dollar per
0: entry. Um, you do purchase at the website. You can enter as many times as you like, and they're going to draw it live on the Facebook page on Saturday, June fifth.
2: And then we also have information on how the league is, is going to run. Uh, it's sponsored by Spartan Logistics Management, and it's called the iRacing iRock Challenge Series. Every, all the races are going to be 200 laps or 200 miles, whichever one comes first. They're going to be a 50 stage, 30, or 50%, 30%, and 20% of the race stages. And the stages do reward points. However, the top three then get an ELI, EOL penalty for the next stage um also there's heat racing for any th- any of the shorter tracks anything that's one mile or less uh 50 fuel for the races uh that means tire wear is going to be kind of less of a factor uh three extra sets of tires i guess that means for the whole race uh, and there's no faster pairs except for the super speedways
0: i like the idea of the in uh put the three uh stage winners to the back
2: that is interesting, but I don't know if it, 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 it. I don't know what it does to the strategy, you know, because that a lot of times in, a, in the real race with the stage, if you stay out and go for the stage win, you may pass up the opportunity to have track position after the stage starts anyway, because then you have to go ahead and get tires when some other guy may have may have pitted with five to go.
0: For is there a strategy to race for fourth, you know, and not try to be the top three? So, how do we uh, get involved here? I don't know if I saw the website.
1: Uh, yeah, it's um, it's uh, iRock-Series.com or you can go to their Facebook page slash iRacing iRock.
0: Nice. Okay. And that's a week from today. So, guys, if you're going to get in on this, man, that rig looks nice that they're giving away. And, uh, you know, how many people are really going to put in uh, an entry? Uh, I think the odds are going to be pretty good i mean think about it. if they fill the the league up that's 40 people right so your chances of winning this rig is one out of 40 i mean i'm willing to gamble 25 bucks on this uh, kyle take my money
1: exactly. so i'm gonna sign and, uh, up for sure yeah and uh if if i don't know if david said it but uh, they're racing the trucks the, so uh it's the trucks
2: i didn't see it actually on the page believe it or not on the flyer
1: it's not on the flyer actually, but I do remember
2: that last week. Okay. What cars are running in this uh, charity race that we're looking to run here, Tony?
1: Oh, you, you just set me up
5: wrong. I was gonna, I was gonna set you up, but you can uh, win that uh, the eighty twenty rig, and then uh, you could possibly win some uh, Midwest Simulation spotter lights with the charity race that we're about to run uh, on June eleventh. Um, it's like I told, sent you guys the message, uh, last week, uh, save the date for June 11th at 9 PM. We are going to run a hundred laps at Michigan, uh, cup cars and Xfinity cars. Um, it, the charity is going to be uh project canine hero. Um, we did a race with them last year with burning rubber radio. Um, we're bringing them back. They they are a great charity to help out, uh, service dogs, with with medical bills and rehoming and, and everything else. And, uh, this race is going to be, um, damn wrong page. Um, uh, yeah, we are going to have a, uh, that a link to, to sign up. Um, it's going to be a minimum of $25, but just like last year you sign up, you're going to get a free t-shirt. Um, you guys like those t-shirts that you got last year, right? Those were nice t-shirts. I wear mine all the time. Yep. Yep. Same here. And also with that, um, it's not going to be, uh, the, the classes are, they're going to have separate, they're separate winners. So if you win the a, the a cup car class, you're going to get a spotlight. You win the B cup class. You're going to win a spotlight. Um, same thing with pole. Um, uh, pole winner is going to get $10, uh, iRacing credit. Um, and then we're going to have another $10 for the best paint with the, the project 9 hero logo. Um, yeah, just stay tuned for that. Uh look for social media where to sign up. Uh it's gonna be pretty simple. You're gonna be donating to their page. So none of the money goes to us. It's gonna go directly to them. Um if you're feeling more generous, go right ahead and donate more. Um then just contact us uh through Facebook or Discord or email, uh confirmation and we'll definitely get you guys signed up.
0: Tony just send us a message basically, uh saying, Hey, I uh I gave them the 25 bucks, right? Yep. Tony, the uh, The classes here between the two,
4: there's no restrictions to those classes. They're just full out f- uh, with all their horsepower and everything. There's yeah, no balance of uh,
5: power problems? No, there's going to be no balance of power. Um, I was toiling, toiling around with a little bit of cutting the fuel, a little bit in a cup car because they're going to have like a four-lap advantage uh, for uh, uh, fuel, but uh, eh, we'll figure it out.
1: So, Tony, have have you or anybody tested those two cars on track at the same time? How do they uh, care to each
5: other? Yeah, actually, uh, David and I and uh, Rose and Dwayne MacArthur there at uh, Old Bastards, we had a um, little test session a couple weeks ago, and the um, Xfinity car is actually dressed really well with the Cup car. Um, cup, like David said last week, Cup car has got a little more advantage on the, in the corners, but – yeah, as long as you, I think if you're in a big group, I think it's going to be pretty equal.
0: Okay, so there's a Google Doc linked for sign up. So we're going to put that out on social media after the show here. Um so you guys hit up on the Twitter or the Facebook and you'll find it. Definitely what else do they need to do besides the Google Doc link, Tony?
5: Uh do uh, there, there's a link for the donation on Google Doc. Um they're going to put your name email, your iRacing name, um, three numbers that, that you're going to want,
0: uh, and your T-shirt size. There you go. So they can send you the shirt. And uh, let's get a big turnout, guys. Uh, you know, the iRacers Lounge likes to uh, get involved with a charity, and uh, this is the one that we've, we've worked with before. And, and, and Tony, uh, well done on getting this organized.
5: Well, a little bit of delay. My secretary was kind of sleeping on the job.
0: <laughs> All right. Podcast housekeeping. Don't forget the Aftermath podcast. Uh, I guess, Tony, you're here, so give us some kind of you know, preview. Well, if, I, if I'm if i hearing right that uh, somebody on this podcast is going to be our special guest this week. Well, there you go. So you have to tune in to to find out. Uh, don't forget uh, the Midwest Simulations uh, Spotlight. You can actually get 10% off if you buy those with the code iRacer's Lounge. And we're at Performance Motorsports Network, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And with that, uh, Fantasy, Brian.
1: Yes, guys, Fantasy. So after this past weekend's race, we still have Just-In-Time 9 is still at the top of the uh, uh, running board, Oh baby 44 is uh, second place. Scotty Boys is in third. Red Dog is tied for him in third. And Racing Goodyears is in fifth. Uh, um, a big jump for uh, Tony Groves. He's up to sixth now. Uh, he, he surpassed uh, Adam, Adam uh, Jocelyn at, and for sixth place. Uh, so he's now the top uh, Tafosi guy. Um, so uh, Greg's hanging around 11th place. Uh, a good race for Chris Scales. He's up to 12th
0: yeah i had a bad race so i fell quite a bit i still suck <laughs> yeah
1: so, um uh, yeah tony's in 27th uh not sucking nearly as bad as i am i actually got my picks in this week i bit i bit it and I bit it in. i even i even watched the race to where i could use my garage pick because i had a bush in the race and uh he had that problem early where uh, one of his cylinders wasn't firing, dropped a whole bunch of laps. So I was able to substitute him in. It didn't help me too much because it was a Kaslowski. I finished like 12th or 15th, something like that. But uh, man, who would expect a Hendrix to just dominate like that? A one through four. That is insane.
2: Who?
0: Hendrix? Oh. Who? When I filter Hendrix. by uh, the race only, uh, I finished 32nd out of everybody, so I did. I had a horrible race. It's Hendrick.
1: Okay. I, I meant Hendrick says it. There's Hendrick, cars, floral.
5: I, I do want to give a shout-out to, to the second-place guy that, that won uh, or second place at Dover this week that kicked uh, Mr. Grove's ass by uh, four
0: points, Mr. Chris Scales. But Chris uh, finished pretty well uh, in the standings on this race, which really bumped him up. Greg, you're hanging in there 11th. Yeah, just ahead of Chris, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what my
5: issue is this year. Uh, I didn't miss any races except for a couple weeks ago. I forgot to make my picks. and, and uh, That's all it takes, right? One week to miss it?
2: Will this computer run iRacing? not now
0: okay hardware software brian we got a new motion system here uh the dk2
1: yeah this is uh was announced in the facebook forums from peter sasinski he announced that uh the next batch of dk2 motor pro motion systems will be available at the end of this month for ordering um i think we did we did a review on the dk2 uh system before it was a it's a it's a uh It's a nice platform style uh, motion system with the the individual actuators Um, you can get the they 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 sell a three actuator system for thirty nine hundred dollars and they sell a four actuator system for forty nine hundred dollars so uh as far as motion system goes that's um that's fairly competitively priced um you've seen ones a lot more than that and there are some that are a little bit less than that but uh, they, they've actually uh, pretty have have a pretty good rating i remember uh, barry uh, at the simulation garage had done a, uh, a review of these and uh he thought they were
0: uh pretty good right and so the first batch uh, sold out and so this announcement basically the next batch is coming uh, available at the end of the month which is coming up here in 10 days so if you guys are interested uh keep your eye out on this
1: yeah, they they bolt direct
0: it directly to any
1: 8020 uh, type of uh, rig, so uh, real easy mounting. Uh, so yes, it's a it's a decent system. So it's if you're looking for motion, it's something you might want to consider.
2: I'm having a look here at this next item, and it's pretty neat. Uh, Simnetics, it's a basically a lounge for iRacing. <laughs> um, it's a sim. It, they have 10 in-house motion sims and it looks like a combination of SimCube and uh Fanatec direct drives uh they're all triple monitor very nice rigs they've even got they've got the wind simulators um looks like uh, probably three pedals and i'm taking a look at the website and struggling to tell uh where uh they're located i'm going to guess somewhere in the carolinas
0: Yeah, this is cool. It's like you said, a lounge for iRacing. Um, You know, you and your buddy show up. uh, I don't know if they serve alcohol, or, but, you know, it looks like a a place to have a party, you know? Yeah, pretty cool. I hope that, you know, they they can survive and and do business. Uh, um, You know, these kind of things, you you wonder if, you know, are they going to be able to make it long term? Because you know that the cash outlay to, you know, have 10 motion sims all at once... Uh, and then the building to put them in, and the facility they're in is pretty nice. They have it really nice and kind of dark, but accent lights with purple and different things uh there's a stripe on the wall that looks like a checkered flag, you know, so uh racing motif uh look to it, it it's it's pretty cool. Did you figure out where it is?
2: No, I thought one of y'all might have looked look known, so I stopped looking. <laughs>
0: I just found their, the website it's simnetics.net dot net is the name of it, and uh, they're in Alcoquin, Illinois, so that's a suburb of Chicago, I believe.
2: they ought to have um, turn that into a promotional event with the real drivers and get a bunch of them there when they do the street the uh, street circuit
0: exactly, that's a great idea and um, I interacted with these guys on social media a little bit, told them we'd be talking about their grand opening, which was actually this week. Um, They just opened this place. And um, one of the social media posts that they have here on their Facebook shows uh, that they had some uh, famous rally car drivers in uh, yesterday, and they had them up standing on their little podium uh, they have for the winners, one, two, three. Uh, The guy's name was Piotr Fatala.
1: So guys, a uh, Simnetics company, that's the company where I got my, uh, my wind simulator and dashboard there from. So, oh, really? uh, I, yeah, that's that's the brand that I, I got that from. It's, uh, so if you, if you notice on the one picture with the wind simulator with the tube, that's exactly what I have, except mine comes up to the dash in the top center of the screen there.
0: So this is pretty cool. So they're a hardware company and now they have a facility. Now, when you're on the website and you click on the simulators uh, t- uh, page, they show the 10 different simulators. And what's neat about this, guys, is each one of them's unique and different. Like each one of them, like one of them has a Sparco seat and the other one has an OMP seat. Um, and, you know, some there's multiple Sparco seats, but they're different style of seat. And then the wheels, some wheels are round, other wheels are formula style. Uh, Some are, you know, road course or rally style. Um, so each, uh, you know, you kind of pick which one is your poison kind of thing. And it looks like the price is $50.
2: Well, I would hope that they would have both sets of rims, a full set of both sets of rims, because I'm, I'm, I don't want to show it with 10 buddies and, and run Daytona with a formula wheel. The a good point. You know, uh, when you click on one of them,
0: like I clicked simulator 8, uh, it does show um, the Semi-Cube Two base and OMP steering wheel, Heiskenveld pedals, uh, Club Sport shifter, and so forth.
2: I suppose some of that might come to come to be like if you run you, if you're used to Phonetic and then you switch over to SimCube when you go to a different location, it might be a little weird.
5: yeah a good little uh, three-hour road trip across the lake for me Just try
0: out a direct drive then. Okay, here it is. So the first hour is fifty bucks. The second hour is ninety. So you get a bre- you get a price break. If you do two hours, it's ninety instead of a hundred. But for three hours, a hundred and twenty. Buy in bulk book in bulk. Book in bulk and save.
2: You could spend almost that much at a go-kart track too, like like say the one in the infield at Gateway. So not too bad. This next one I know has Brian salivating.
1: Yeah guys. So uh there's been an announcement of a new VR headset. This one is the Vive Pro Part 2. And uh, I haven't gotten exactly when uh, they plan on releasing it, but I know you can pre-order now. Um, So I'll go over a little bit of the specs of this real quick and uh, give you some some information about that. The resolution is uh, 2448 by 2448 per eye. So it's almost like a 5k per eye basically, which is, uh, which is higher resolution than the HP Reverb G2 has. So, uh, so yeah, so it's got a little bit better resolution. Um, the refresh rate can be 90 or a hundred, uh, 120 Hertz. So, uh, so it's a little bit, uh, the HP GT G2 has a 90. So if uh, you can get it at 120, it'll be, have a little bit faster refresh rate. Um, the, uh, the field of view is up to they say up to one hundred and twenty degrees which is really wide that's uh that's like almost closing in on how big the pimax headset are uh, it's it's certainly much wider than the g two and I think it's even wider than the valve index so uh so yeah so it's a it's got some really good specs um, so
0: price is six hundred fifty nine pounds for the headset by itself but the full package with a pair of base stations and the controllers is Thirteen hundred.
1: Correct. So, if you have an exist, if you already you're using the uh, the uh, the Vive Pro One, the original Vive Pro, you can buy this with just a headset, and you'll be fine, ready to go. Um, which is a uh, price wise, which would be pretty decent, you know, six hundred pounds. Um, but if you don't have any of that stuff, if you're switching over from the G two, like uh, like I would be then you have to get the base station and the controllers and that's going to put you well over a thousand dollars for that set. So, um, yeah, so I think in, in, in my opinion, I'm probably going to stay with what I have rather than upgrade to this unit. I just, because I don't want to spend all that extra money on those base stations and stuff. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, I haven't really seen how big a hit it's going to take on comp- on the on the uh, graphics cards. Right now, the G2 uh, runs okay on a 2080 Super's, which I have. From what I've read so far, this is going to be like like a 2080 is going to be like almost the minimum specs. When you start bumping up the resolution in these uh, headsets, it really starts to take a hit on your on your uh, graphics card. So I'm going to say my my uh, my. Recommendation is if you're going to get this hit, you should have a 3000 series um, uh, or equivalent graphics card. You know, you're going to re- need a pretty high-end computer. So uh, other than that, though, I'm really interested to see see some more reviews on this as people start getting their hands on them and see how, how it looks. But uh, very impressive specs at this point.
0: Now, if you were buying VR the first time, for the first time, I mean... I mean, I'd be looking at this one probably.
2: Price is pretty high, though.
1: It is pretty high, and like I said, you're going to have to get all that base station stuff if you don't have it right now. So if it's the first purchase in VR, you're going to be clunking down some big bucks. But if you're you can upgrade the uh, Valve Index, also has the same exact uh, base stations as this. So if you have a Valve in, Valve Index, it wouldn't you wouldn't have to buy all that extra stuff either.
0: But. You know, if you're starting fresh and you want to get the best money you can buy without getting the X-TAL, um, you know, or paying some real crazy money, I mean, this is kind of the the one to get, I think. we we'll to see, you know, yeah. no, it's an unknown because nobody has tried it on iRacing yet. So, and what computer, what graphics card really drives it? You know, like you said, that's kind of an unknown
1: once once I start watching some uh, some hands-on videos with, when people start getting production early production models uh, I'll update and see, see how it's running but uh, it, you know if if resolution is King then this is going to dethrone the H, HP G2 uh, HP reverb G2 uh, as far as resolution goes if that's king for you
0: guys. okay next up an update to my ambient lighting project. So I decided to double down um, and spend more money. <laughs> so I bought—I uh, did find some Phillips Hughes bulbs eventually um, that will fit in my ceiling fan above, and uh, I bought three of them because uh, it takes three, and they're fifty bucks each. So that was one hundred and fifty bucks. So I already spent, you know, one forty, and then I spent another one fifty. Um, but I like it, and so the other change I did is I took the LED strip that I had mounted on the ceiling above me and moved it down here below my triple monitors. And I kind of have it taped, but I'm going to Velcro it. But it's basically running as a strip along the the bottom of the left, center, and right monitor. And initially, it was pretty bright as you're racing, but it it works. And, um, you know, I was telling Brian, you know, as we were racing the other day, it's kind of bright but guess what we're in the sun we're racing in texas at coda it is bright outside and and so it does give an ambient lighting effect and um it it was neat to have it not you know real visible in front of me uh, below the monitors having it you know in my peripheral vision so to speak um, really has increased the effect uh, more so than i had before and so i think i'm liking it so that's why i ordered the velcro and now i'm going to permanently velcro it to the bottom of the monitor um, and what a look the room has with the overhead lights matching uh, the strip that goes below the monitors it really gives it a neat look when i'm not racing like i said it will follow my wallpapers and they change every 30 seconds so they'll change from green to red or yellow or whatever is being shown and and I love it. Uh, and it's it's expensive. I don't know if I if I was doing it again, I would, you know, if I knew I was going to spend three hundred on it, that I would do it. But um, I'm glad to have it. So, ha- have you tried that uh, that that
5: track that's in France that you love running at night yet?
0: Yeah, I mean, the dark dark tracks with no lights are really neat because it gives us like a, almost a purple or you know whatever the dash looks like. In the ferrari um the the one that david you kept telling me which one uh, what was it uh sebring was the one i was trying because sebring is really dark but it does have some lights in certain sections uh, where there's like an overpass and it's all lit up and so that's a really good test to kind of see um it kind of go light to dark but the videos that the these people put out i mean i still haven't been able to match what they're trying to do what they've come up with um and so it's a very subtle effect but i still like it
2: so in the next video that we're covering here this guy thinks that switching to this type of force feedback is not just a subtle effect but is a huge effect that should benefit everybody um it's called i-racing force feedback which is really confusing because couldn't you come up with a different name? Because if I see IRFFB, I'm thinking, oh, that's iRacing's Force Feedback. But you look at the video and you have iRacing's Force Feedback to IRFFB. Um, and I did not go through and watch the whole video, but he shows how to set up VJoy. And it's basically a review video of the IR. FFB F- and he states his last section is actually entitled why everyone needs this.
5: I tried this like uh, either last year or the year before. This thing is a pain in the ass to set up and I didn't notice any difference. I think Chris Scales had tried this before too and he was having issues with software and and his, his wheel getting all messed up. So just just stick with the real uh, iRacing force feedback.
2: Yeah, and there are a whole bunch of steps and you have to make sure you do them in order and if it if it messes up, you have to restart this and restart that in the right order. Uh, it didn't sound convenient, for sure. Definitely a pain in the ass.
0: Yeah, this was sent in by a listener, Jason Bosse, and um, I don't know if he. Saying he's trying it, or he's wondering if he should try it. But I, I, don't. I have never used it. I have heard of teammates using it before, but I don't know if there's any on our show. Like I said, I think Chris and I tried it, and uh, we just went back to the normal thing. Right, right, Greg. How about some other software?
1: Well, I can. I let me take this. Uh, like, this is actually a, a new beta for. Dre, Dre. People call it Dre, but it's the digital race engineer. So it's kind of like um, it's kind of like their version of uh, of uh, Pit Crew, where it can give you uh, feedback during a race. It can make adjustments to your car and all all kinds of stuff like that. So they have a new beta coming out, which is uh, supposedly a supposedly a, a you know a new upgrade to the system. Um, so I do know that. I thought Dre was free and you had to buy the voice attack, which is like the uh, right. the uh, vo- voice recognition part of it. So it's it wasn't a whole lot of money to get the voice attack. Um, and uh, yeah, I I, um, I do use crew chief. Um, Dre did work really well when I tried it. Um, but I don't know, for some reason, I just didn't like those... Computerized sounding voices. I, I, I like the, I like the voice on the uh, crew chief where it's like a real person's voice, and has some you know, some humanity to it. You know what I mean? It just to me it seemed felt felt more realistic. Although I know a lot of people love Dre, and I think it, uh, in my opinion it probably is a better um, system than uh, crew chief. It's just I had a hard time listening to Stephen Hawking the whole time.
0: So so you can't get the Doctor Dre voice back. That would be cool yeah i've tried this before it's been a couple years um you have to buy the voice attack software then you get the digital race engineer i think there's a free version and a paid version um and what i remember of it is you really had to know the exact phrase to say to trigger what you wanted to trigger. And so in the heat of the moment, I could never remember exactly how I programmed it. And that's what it really comes down to. If you spend the time to dial it in and program it how you want it perfectly, this is really good software, but you really have to spend time on it and get it just perfect. Um, uh, This new beta, it was just released. um, As far as what's in it, um, there were a few things that were changed. I don't know enough about the software to really tell you about it, though. But thought we would talk about it and just remind people it's out there. I mean, if you run VR, I mean, this basically allows you to give voice commands like uh, two tires instead of four tires, or no fuel, or um, that kind of thing. Or it'll also tell you like, hey, the guy's catching you from behind and do spotting kind of activities.
1: Yeah, and you're right, Mike. For VR, it's a really good uh, good thing to have because you know it's so hard to fumble around for buttons when you can't see what you're touching for sure. Um, especially if you don't have like a, a large dashboard with buttons that you can pre-program. If you got to use a keyboard, forget about it um, when you're in VR. So uh, this makes it a lot easier, and if it's working right, it's it's a just a lifesaver.
2: This uh, next company review, Brian. It's a kind of would you call it an entry level option?
1: I would say a bargain basement type of thing. Yeah, it's called axims Formula Sim- Formula Simulator, and what this is basically a formula cockpit that you're going to climb into. And uh, obviously, we're joking about that because this is a really high end system. Um, it's uh, it's retailing for thirty six thousand pounds. Looks like it probably weighs about half of that, um, and but it's a cheap uh, version
0: too. That's the cheaper yeah. version.
1: <laughs> so it's stripped out at thirty-six thousand pounds. Uh, it's got four actuators, so it's 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 going to be moving you around. You're going to be sitting in this cockpit looking really cool. But uh, yeah, so if that's what you're you're looking for, try checking out AxSim's Formula Simulator Racing Cockpit. It's uh, AXSIM.
0: Now, one thing I want to point out is uh, when you click on it, and it talks about the motion system. They use a D-box haptic. It uh, looks like a th- maybe a three-post, and then they have a, a yaw uh, where the the back will slide left or right. Um, but the third one they mention is this is really cool. It's called the Cranfield G seat, and it says. Um, In a real car, accelerations are transmitted to the driver through the seat, as the largest surface area that the body is in contact with, reproducing the same sensations in the simulator is highly important. Within the lining of the seat and belts, we fit our unique pneumatic pressure modules to provide sustained GQing. Multiple airbags expand and contract to provide sustained pressure, simulating the G-forces felt when cornering, braking, and accelerating. So this that's is kind of really like cool. that G seat uh, that uh, Sims Experience does,
1: right? Because that's really cool. Because that's the hardest thing to simulate in uh, these rigs is, is the the G force. And uh, if you can get that right, man, you're getting really close to more more realistic stuff all the time. Um, so, uh, so I mentioned the motion system was thirty six thousand. The full motion is uh, fifty nine five thousand pounds. And the full motion and G-Force comes in just under 100,000 pounds. Ooh.
5: So, Brian, this says finance options available. Are you going to get this? Uh, I know that full, the full motion G-Force, I converted to that. That's only about $140,451.
0: About. Sign me up. It looks cool, though. That's for sure. Okay. Next is uh, I forgot a couple of sequential shifters in our review last week. Um, man he, we get all these people on this team that tell me what I forget and we still miss some So we're going to go through a couple that I found uh, that I realized we forgot one of them was Derek Spears designs uh, he has a pro sequen- sequential shifter and it's $300 I like this one because it's tall and big and the base is fairly small um, it looks like it's 3D printed almost though I was gonna say that it looks like three D printed, or that's a really good looking metal. Yeah, but three hundred bucks, uh, yeah, not not too bad. Derek Sears Designs has a good, uh, you know, they they make good stuff.
5: I was gonna say um, if it's three hundred dollars,
0: I hope it's metal. Right, and then the uh, Brian. There was another one.
1: Yeah, there's uh, the SimWorks Sequential Shifter. Um, it's S I M W O R X, and uh, this. Comes in at five hundred sixty AUD, which I'm assuming is Australian dollars. I'm yeah, not sure what that what that translates to in American dollars. This there's is again a nice tall shifter. It's got a nice big um, cushion knob at the top, which looks really cool. Uh, it looks pretty easy to mount. It's got a compared to the Derek Spears design, the box that the uh, the actuator box inside is is quite a bit bigger. But I think you can probably it pretty easily still because it's got a nice
0: uh nice base plate with some uh holes in it for mounting yeah it looks solid it's metal and um i i like this one i mean it's got a good look to it it's the billet cnc machined alloy is what they call it
1: yep so uh so there's two more options guys if you're looking for sequential shifters for that next gen car coming up so uh I think uh, between last week and this week, we really hit quite a few of them. gave gave uh, our listeners here lots of different options to think about for uh, sequential shifters.
0: I was debating about getting one. That's why I put it on the on the, here to talk about it anyway. And I'm kind of thinking not, especially after running Coda. You know, running Coda this week. You know, I tried to imagine taking my hand off the wheel and reaching over and shifting every time I need to shift, that's not good for me to take the we- my hand off the wheel. I need both hands on the wheel, and I'm pretty much happy with the paddle shifters. And I don't know that I, even if I had a sequential shifter, that I would be using it this week. And then when we're on an oval, I mean, you just come up to fourth gear and you're done shifting, right? And so do we really need it for
2: ovals? Well, I expect that you may be shifting quite a bit next year when we go to the five-speed. Right, going back yes. and forth between fourth mm-hmm. and fifth, kind of thing. Yeah, and it's not so hard to, to reach down there. I already have mine in sequential mode, even with the four-speed. Uh, and yeah, you just you just most of the time when you're heavy downshifting, you're you're keeping the wheel straight anyway because you you don't want to turn the wheel in a heavy braking zone. And then when and it's kind of the same thing when you're upshifting, the wheel is almost straight any time you're really going up or down the gears.
5: I was going to tell you last night, Mike. You, you probably need to turn your force feedback down if, if you if you can take one wheel or one hand can't take one hand off the shift. Yeah, uh, that maybe too. that's it.
2: So whenever we're trying out kind of our different resources for sets, uh, it's always interesting to know how they're running. Uh, one good way that you can figure that out, which is really handy, is this little app called the Stint Analyzer. There, we have a link to his. Uh, I forums post, as well as a YouTube video where he demonstrates how to use it. And this looks like very handy because it will track both your hot laps as well as five lap averages, 10 lap averages, and so And you can, you can even use it as you're testing and making changes on a setup and, you, and use it as a way to see what your setup really did instead of having to go through and type in all of the lap times to get your your 10 lap and your 20 lap average because you know hot lap just never really tells you what the car is going to do um this tells you more than than that even though it's not still not going to tell you how it behaves in the race conditions but it's good information to have and this looks like it handles it for you
0: it's pretty cool i mean it gives you the data of what happened in the pra- like the practice or the race uh, all the drivers listed, their their times and whatnot. But then what what's really handy is that, you know, five-lap average, seven-lap average, 10-lap average, 15-lap average, you know, uh, average time, uh, and, and kind of see who's good on longer runs, who's fallen off, who's not fallen off. Um, uh, you can export this to Excel, apparently, and then slice and dice it any way you want. So is this live data or is it like after your session? I think it's after the fact. I don't think it's live, but I'm not sure to tell you the truth. I literally just found this today. I put it out on our team chat to see if anybody would try it to see if we can get some input, but I don't think anyone has. Now, it has another cool feature. It says built into the app is some Discord integration that allows us to send race updates and export data from your practice sessions to share with teammates and they show an example of the discord uh entries um the bot and so it has it's called the stint analyzer bot and you put that in your discord and then it
2: gives you information uh, about what happened during the event so that means it's actually pulling off of the the appy you're not having to just import after the fact
0: it's doing it live right so maybe it is live that would indicate it is a live thing. Like Tony's asking. Let's say that'd be good for like David, when you do your, uh, your practice,
5: uh, a opens and see how you're doing compared to other people doing live.
2: Mm-hmm. I also happen to usually have the stream up, right?
0: Yeah. Some of the, uh, the discord uh, entries here, uh, I'm going to read them off to so see you get a flavor. Ricky Thompson started a practice session at Kansas in the Ford Mustang class. A. Uh Ricky Thompson started the lone qualifying session, etc. Pole winner was Kyle Busch with a lap time of 30.06. Woo. Well, the race is over, and Ricky Thompson came home P18 at Kansas Speedway. They had zero cautions in the race and zero incidents. The winner is Brad Keselowski. Boo. So I think it's free software. It's for Windows. Um, the guy... Begs, uh, hey, I'm not really a developer, and it might have some bugs, but hey, check it out. He has a website. It's stintanalyzer.com. Tell you what, I just downloaded it.
5: I will try it out for Indy tomorrow
0: night. Cool. One. And with that, we're going to move on to results, so let's get to it. And let's talk uh, NIS and, and wrap up what happened last week with uh last week's race so uh i can find it dover i got a dnf uh, man uh it got a meatball because uh, i got wrecked on the last lap uh, because some other fools i can't control their car i had a top 10 going i was in the top 10 But can you believe it? I mean, last lap, you get wrecked out like that. Not even be able to finish the race. Um, I didn't even see what position I got. I was mad. David, P9.
2: Yeah, I was really good on the long run. I don't remember or didn't put much more information in that. It was good to have the P9. Had a strong car at the end. Uh, Good points day. (laughs)
0: All right. And then Steve Low he got pole position. Congratulations to him. Uh, he did leave some laps there at the beginning, but got taken out early. Uh, sorry, Steve. Your luck is bad.
2: Looks like Tony Gross also had pole. Don't have any other information after that.
5: Let's say he didn't run um, NIS. He ran ND with me. Oh, that's right.
0: So that must have gotten put in accidentally. So let's move on to Sunday Open, uh, David, P11.
2: Yeah, I probably would have, this was a top split run, I think, I believe, and I probably would have gotten a top 10. Uh, but we had a caution come out right as I was running, like, P8 and was about to get lapped. Um and here comes Garrett Mains, and he's like, who y'all lucky? And I, me and the guy in front, who were both, you know, just struggling to still stay on the lap, we had to really rush to get back to the pit stop, and he spins and blocks the entire pit entry. And I end up with uh, 90 seconds of damage on a yellow flag pit stop. So P11, I, you know, it ruined his race a lot more than it ruined mine. Uh, but still, overall good result.
0: All right, Tom Dreiling, Uh p I don't know. I was trying some crazy tire ideas to keep an extra set in case of late cautions. I got taken out from some net code and a driver that couldn't wait. Sunday fixed. Uh, I didn't finish the Dover race. I actually messed up with about 40 to go. The guy in front of me hit the wall and I tried to escape low, but there was a guy down there and I killed him and the field. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't feel too bad about it because I was the guy who hit the wall. You know, I was just trying to miss it. Um, But, uh, yeah, you got to leave an escape route, I guess, even at Dover. And Brian, P-wrecked.
1: Yeah, I actually wound up back on the track after a wreck and finished 19th, which actually kept me from dropping too much points. But, um, boy, this race was an absolute S-show. Probably there were two big wrecks within the first laps, um, and I got caught up in both of them, had a terrible qualifying, so I started you know, mid-back, mid midway through the field, and uh, just got caught up in wrecks. I took a ton of damage, um, and uh, just wound up sitting on pit road for 10 minutes, getting stuff repaired, came back out, and managed to just get P19 just through assistance, really.
0: Now, it, you and Tyler were in the same split, and I was kind of listening to you guys, and Man, I felt like there should be circus music playing. I mean, the amount of cautions and nonsense that was going on in that race, and your bottom split was just—it was just horrible.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much right. It did need—it it did need some theme music, uh, something, uh, something laughable for sure.
0: All right, and then Tyler—he uh, ended up P-wrecked. He, he uh, stunk up the show with a 17th place finish, hit everything but the pace car since it was hiding behind a wall. Even tagged my own teammate. Bye-bye to Miles the Monster. He was not kind to me. Uh, sorry, B-Mac, for the spin.
1: Yeah, that really wasn't his fault. Um, I was actually off the pace a little bit. It was before I got on my, uh, after the first caution, before I got really banged up the second time. And uh, I was actually trying to get out of the way, running, uh, running uh, the bottom line, and I just came down in front of him to give the give him the top line, and uh, he actually bumped into the back of me just cause I was off the pace. Really? It's
0: just terrible all the way around. All right. And now we move on to Texas or Coda, uh, David P 21.
2: Yeah. I should have done better than this, but I got slammed hard with a four X into the rear on the pace lap. Hard enough that my bumper rear bumper was completely gone and had, I had no downforce on the back anymore. It cost me about two seconds per lap alone. Uh, not so great. Then that same guy, he dives bomb me on lap one. I'm able to kind of just let him get by with only having a, you know, a really bad lap. Uh, then he dives bomb a car right in front of me and takes him out. And then he spins himself out and he ends up finishing last all on lap one. Uh, so yeah, I hope he learned his lesson. You know, you get a finish and not drive like an idiot in lap one lap and just take yourself out. I don't understand why these guys continue to do this. They're, they've got a class A license and they can't complete one lap without going doing three stupid moves in the same lap.
1: They, they need to throw $100,000 into a fire and hit themselves on the head with a baseball bat.
2: There needs to be a protest for being an idiot. And you, you get enough idiot punches in your card and you miss a week or something.
0: So we went into this race, I did, was very nervous i mean i was thinking i'm not going to finish because of the incident limit thing and uh my practices indicated such like i could not make a practice lap without a 1x or 2x or 3x or whatever and um i just couldn't do it so i was actually uh ready to bet money on the with the guys you know hey uh, when am i going to dq out and i actually thought it was going to be lap 12 uh, Greg, I think you said lap 20, but guess what, I actually finished uh, P16, uh, had 20X, uh, there was a drive-through penalty at one point, but a great run, and I had no idea I could get through it. Um, I guess, you know, when you're in a race conditions. I, I don't know if it's just me, but I do it differently than I, if I'm in practice. and. I can be in practice all day long and pretend it's a race condition and pretend, 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 and and I'll still get those 1Xs, but put me in the race and I won't. And uh, I somehow survived and finished. So, man, I'm happy with that run. Tony, P7. I know.
5: What's up with this? With Daytona Road, I had a fourth place finish. I think I had the best of the team. And now, as of right now, with a P7, best of the team, uh, even though it was bottom split. I stayed clear, clean pretty much most of the race. I had a hell of a battle with two laps to go with uh, what was then P7 with the 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 fast, super fast leader that was right behind us. Uh, I don't know if he was wanted to pass us or not, but I was not giving up a spot. Um, I did race with Kyle Pentagraph. Um, he was catching me on new tires, but maybe like uh, about eight or seven, eight laps to go. Um, he kind of had an issue and fell back um i had fun at coda um except for a couple of the off track which probably need to be like opened up a little bit more but yeah mike unlike like you i I thought i was gonna have a have a hell of a time that maybe getting dq'd or something like that but i ended up only uh surviving
0: with 11x yeah i think we both ran better than expected i mean kyle's race I mean, he, he, he sounded exasperated. He sounded out of air. He sounded like he wasn't breathing. He sounded like he was struggling to keep that car under him. sounded like he was underwater. (laughs) Yeah. He had mic problems too. Yeah.
5: But no, the Coda, I, I, there were some turns that I absolutely love. in that, that, that track, um, turn one, like you guys were talking about that uphill. I was about halfway through the race. I was loving that corner. Um, through the S's, I, that was awesome. Um, I had a couple of uh, those, uh, the second half of the track that were um, hard breaking, but end, end up touring the race, I end up started figuring those out. And uh, yeah, that's a fun track. Still a lot better than Sonoma.
0: Turn one is fun when you hit it perfect, you know, but when you don't hit it perfect, it's not fun. Where I struggle is going down the really long straights and then a really sharp turn at the end of the straight. I cannot see the apex. It's literally in the A-post of the car. And um, I don't know if I'm just not visually seeing it, but I'm having a hard time judging my speed and how fast I'm slowing down as I'm approaching that corner and getting to the right speed and hitting the apex. And I'm missing it more than I'm hitting it. it. It's hard. I think the advantage of VR helped a lot of people out. I know it helped
2: me out, probably David and Greg too. I have my head turned about 45, 50 degrees. You know, I, I'm looking at the corner. I'm not looking at, at for, forward anymore. I'm looking out the driver's side window making that turn.
4: Yeah, you're basically looking above the uh, the mirror on the, on the driver's side uh to see where you're you're turning into just to try and find it and then if you got if you're racing somebody in those big sweeping wide corners you you're looking both ways that's vr definitely helps at a
0: track like this i think you're right i think i'm actually at a disadvantage with the triple monitors um like i said with the a post thing and issue uh, or I, like you said if i look above the driver's mirror uh i can or the side mirror i can see where that corner is but it's almost too late at that point. It you know, when you get to see it, it's almost like a blind corner the way it it's laid out. But anyway, I ran today. I was uh surprised by the run last night, so why not? And I guess have what? my results yeah, Greg, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your race? I didn't have it listed
4: here. Yeah, I forgot to put it in, um I finished P ten there, uh in the same split that I was racing with David there. Um, qualified p9 and I finished 10th Uh, basically just had what did I call it a Sunday drive last night the sets the set was okay it needs it needs some work on the front end it wasn't uh, didn't have a lot of grip uh, near the end of a run so but uh, I made it through and was able to get a top 10 out of it normal road course racing for me
0: well done yeah I got a p10 today Um, there were only 22 cars in the race, though, Um, there were 40-something drivers for today's NIS race. So I think there were two splits, and we were bottom split, and I qualified 14th. I was 10th by lap one, by the end of lap one. I I, I ended up spinning off a few times uh, by myself, but recovered pretty quickly. Um, I did get a drive-through penalty for too many incidents with four to go. I was 16x forever. I I was just like, oh my God, if I can just get through this without getting 17, I'm going to have a, I think I was running eighth at the time, but uh, I ended up getting it. And so I had to go through the drive-through and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to fall out of the top 10 now. But guess what? I think I went into the drive-through penalty ninth and came out ninth with 10th right behind me. And so I had enough uh, time cushion on him that uh, I was able to beat him out and not lose any positions. And so the pressure was on at that point um, to not screw up and let him get around me. And um, I didn't, Uh, there was another guy who was behind him who was faster, who got around both of us. And then that put me back to 10th, but hey, a top 10 at a track I didn't even own, you know, four days ago, hell yeah, I'll take it. Let's talk Fixed Indy 500. Uh, Tony, you were the man. You tried it a bunch of times.
5: Yeah, I tried it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Friday, I ended up uh, probably the best race, Um, top four all race, about 75 laps to go on a restart. This car is two laps down. We're going in a turn one. I kind of get loose just a little bit, and he runs me over and destroys me. I don't think I've ever been so mad at, at another person like that. I go back, I look at his profile, and the guy looks like a douche. Probably is. But uh, <laughs> Sat, but Saturday, I, I wrecked myself. I turned one. I I got I got tight right in the wall and exploded the car. Um, Sunday, another another wreck. Um, I actually came back for being two laps down because I ended up screwing up a. A pit road accidentally hit the pit limiter button, and I sped. And uh, it somehow I ended up getting another penalty. Oh, uh, the first penalty was now um, uh, there was an accident. There was a car that was slowly making its way the pit road, and just before uh, um, we get the pit road, I go in the pit, and he like slams on his brakes and gives me a black flag. Like then. Um, but not i got my laps back um i was passing this car this this car in front of him decides to veer left into the wall and just like take me out um hopefully all my wrecking at Indy is all done and we can have a good weekend this weekend
0: all right well um well done you know um thank i think it's good that you're trying we didn't have a lot of teammates running it um To finish up Indy 500 stuff, Pacific Majors, we have Tom Dryling listed as P12. Got into an accident on lap one, used up his one quick repair, had to play defense the rest of the race. Was able to miss everything around me. I'll take the 12th place finish. All right, Fast Track Sim Racing League. Monday nights, I got P11. I ran a three-stop strategy when most people ran a two-stop strategy. I thought it was going to pay off, but it didn't. It was caution-free race. Brian, uh, you got PL- uh, P15.
1: Yeah, I did do a two-stop um, strategy, and uh, yeah, I just was too worn out by the end of these long runs. Once, once you commit to that strategy, you're kind of stuck with it. So I think I would have been better off doing a three-stopper because I was just so slow i mean by the time you're down to you know 66 67 68 laps man you're just not moving you get off the corners you can't do nothing so uh yeah i was i'm not the fastest at dover it's not my best track by any means and uh so i just stayed in it uh it was a clean race, though, other than an early mess up just because of somebody um glitching the, the whole race stayed green the whole way. That's pretty crazy. At Dover, after that race I just had Sunday night, it, was unbelievable. it wasn't
0: it was like this whole different game. Yeah, it, it, Dover's tough when there's no caution. I mean, it, you, you're just worn out, you know, and uh, I, I like doing the three-stop over the two just because I'm passing cars, you know, uh, typically. Um, and, or they're passing me, and so we're on totally different tires, and, you know, Brian... I'd see you coming and I'd let you go, or I'd be coming on you and you'd let me go. And, and it, you know, uh, it's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. Because um, when you have like half the field on two different strategies, uh, you know, the closing rate between cars on old tires and new tires is so fast, it's really hard to believe that there wasn't just a, just an easy, simple mistake. You know, just somebody came up so fast, I didn't see you come in, caused a wreck you know, that kind of thing. But man, state green, that was pretty impressive. Um, the car count was a lot higher than last week too. I think we got up to the mid 20s this week compared to like 16, I think was last week.
0: Yeah, and change is coming. Uh Mike Morley said that they are changing to the next gen car. And so he's gonna come back racing, uh, he said, and then Greg, you're gonna join us too.
4: Yeah, I I got a little bit more time. Uh. Coming up on weeknights now since I'm switching jobs. Uh, I'm, I quit my job and finishing tomorrow, and I'm starting a new job where I don't have to start till about six o'clock in the morning now instead of the 2 a.m.s where I've been recently. No more wood? No more wood.
0: What are you hauling? It'll be bricks this time, bricks and masonry. Well, that's a heavier load, huh? All right, let's talk uh, Tom Dryling, Premier Race Network Cup. Uh, League. Guess what? He won. P1. Congratulations. Qualified ninth. Didn't. Did not have. Didn't not have get off speed. Guess that's been my season. Was able to work myself to the lead just before lap fifty when the top five guys decided to make a three pit stop race. My long run speed was great, so I decided to do the two stopper. I was able to lap the field and take home my second win of the season. Lap the field. Wow. Tony, tell us about the uh, aftermath truck series.
5: Oh, just like just like we do on the aftermath, we we don't pay attention to our uh, sponsored series. But uh, Josh Robinson, at twenty three, won the won the truck race at Coda. Uh, Dwayne MacArthur won
2: uh, yeah, second, um, and Andy Jones finished third. All right, well done. Grid Finder is your go-to source for finding your next sim racing league. Currently home to over 450 leagues across all gaming platforms and across 10 different racing sims, including over 80 iRacing leagues. Filter your search by racing sim, car class, race day, and region. Finding a league to fit your schedule has never been this easy. Visit www.grid-finder.com to find a league or upload your own. Grid Finder. Finder.com. the home of online sim racing leagues
0: and with that final thoughts brian mccubbin
1: um i to have a new product that i'm gonna be putting on my rig i'll catch you guys up on it next week when i get it installed what? I've had it for, yeah a couple i had a couple weeks and i've just been too busy to really work on it um but um i'm gonna to fill you all in on it, Steve Thompson from OBRL told me about the product, and uh, I, I picked it up. It was actually pretty inexpensive, relatively speaking, under 50 bucks. But uh, supposedly it makes a big difference in VR racing. So uh, I'll fill you in on that. It's I'll give you a little hint. It's called uh, motion compensation, and uh, I'll give you a little a heads up on how that goes, installing it, and and what it makes in the in the rig. Ooh, exciting. Huh? Is that the thing that Scales was talking about too? I'm not sure. I don't remember him saying anything about it. It no. might have, because he's
5: I say dead. the thing Scales was talking about is uh it I guess increases the the resolution a little bit more in your VR. Yes. Oh okay. This All is
1: right. this I was is confused different.
5: on which product it was.
1: Yeah, this one you buy a little uh, actuator that um not an actuator, it's like a, a sensor that that can that can sense nine different degrees of motion and uh you hook it to your computer uh there's some uh software that's involved with it and it compensates the motion of the rig with what you see in vr
5: so it's motion for your for your vr headset
1: it's kind of like that yes
5: okay you sure you you don't want to buy that $150,000? uh uh, the formula rig
0: he needs the airbags so all right david hall final thoughts
2: yeah, hopefully we can still a good finish here at Coda and/or Indy. We'll see how it goes. Uh, that's about it.
0: All right, and Greg Hector's final thoughts. I'm just uh,
4: I'm looking forward to getting back and racing more here. It's been tough working the sh- schedule I have been, and now uh, now it looks like I can get some more time on here, and it'll be good to work with Morley on some making some sets here, and uh, for both uh, cars and go f- go further here. I just wanna just
0: wanna get back streaming. All right, welcome back. Uh, congrats on the new job, Tony Rochette, Final thoughts.
5: All right, definitely. Uh, if you can make a donation and ch- come hang out with us in the, the charity race on uh, uh, June eleventh, there, that'd be awesome. Um, I'm done with Coda for for the week. I wish I would have been able to start earlier today, but I couldn't. But I'm gonna attempt maybe two or three more indies this week um i need to back
0: up that indy 500 win that i had last year and i had no milk yeah go get it i think you have a good chance uh tomorrow so i'm gonna run with you if i can get my wheels sorted uh my final thoughts is yeah i'm about ready to spend 50 bucks i'm gonna go uh sign up for kyle's uh i racing league um and i'm going to uh send him 25 dollars so i can win that track time entertainment eighty twenty rig because i want a new rig and then i'm going to spend 25 dollars uh at the canine uh, uh charity what was it called tony of the project K9 hero
5: 200 and there you go you can win that and get yourself some spotter lights hey uh did we
4: get a, a doggy name on our car again like last time uh or that's is that
5: something we just did that's something we did we kind of had like the irock paints last year with with uh with the dog's name um the thing with what i figured to be kind of cool is you can go on the site you can find a dog and do your own paint job and that'll get you 10 bucks if, if you're the best.
0: definitely doing that there you go let's see. let's all get dogs on the car Perfect. But yeah, I'm going to spend 50 bucks. Uh, I think it's money well spent. Um, Yeah. And also, you know, Coda, man, I'm not a road car driver and I don't pretend to be, but I somehow survived that race and and performed better than half the people in it, you know, and and that was surprising to finish in the top half and get some good points. In fact, the 16th place finish uh, got me more points than the 10th place finish. And so that tells you about strength of field and that kind of thing. So excited, uh, surprised, I'll try the Indy 500, and uh, we'll see what we can do there. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Facebook and Twitter. See you on the track.